Welcome to the Healthy Body, Healthy Mind podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kinghorn, co-founder and CEO of HBHM. We're a carbon neutral wellness brand and we're focused on the well-being of our customers and the planet. We produce a range of products designed to support a healthy lifestyle. This podcast is for our community. We'll have a range of experts in the health, fitness and wellness space designed to help you all improve many aspects of your life. For listening to this podcast, you can get 15% off our products at hbhm.com by using the code hbhmpod at checkout. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the latest episode of the Healthy Body, Healthy Mind podcast. And on today's show, we have the plant PT, uh, Joe Wilson. So Joe is a personal trainer and boxing coach based at Glasgow Fitness Gym. And he also takes classes at 136 Fitness twice a week. He has been eating a plant-based diet for almost four years now, primarily for health reasons at first due to severe illness and then began to focus on it more uh, so for the impact on the environment. Uh, Despite his own plant-based diet, he prides himself on catering to all types of diets when it comes to his clients in the gym. Uh, Joe has also been taking HBHM CBD oils now for several months, um, previously having tried other brands and not quite feeling the desired effect from those, so I'm sure more on this later on. So welcome to the HBHM podcast, Joe. Thanks very much for coming on. How are you doing today? Good, good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to be set up. <laughs> yeah, we're in, a, we're in a studio today in person, so it's great to, to actually be in front of somebody rather than on Zoom doing these. So. Yeah, yeah. I was I was getting sort of PTSD to like COVID lockdown, uh, <laughs> the thought of a Zoom call again. <laughs> so let's give them a wee shout out since we're here as well. So we're recording at 1010 podcasts in Glasgow. So there you go. A wee plug for them. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to, to start today, Joe, with your your own personal plant-based diet. Um, start with that, find out a bit about, you know, how, how did it start for you then? Um, yeah, so as I mentioned, uh, as you mentioned, the sort of bio, um, I was suffering with sort of severe illness. Um, I had, well, I still have a condition called eczema. Um, I get that on like pretty sort of violent waves on like my arms, my legs. Um, at the time I was in hospital with it. Um, I was, I've had it for as long as I can remember, to be honest, but, um, I was, I was in hospital on different medications. Um, I went to a few different doctors, dietitians, just to see like what could help. Um, I was, you know, up all hours at night, just really like itchy skin, scratching, um, like quit jobs because of it. Like was, my sleeping pattern was completely gone. Um, Initially, they gave me a long list of things. It was fish, red meat, eggs, dairy. Um, eventually, I just thought the best thing is probably to just go completely plant-based and just take it from yeah. there, um, just cancel everything out completely. Um, and it did work. Um, it was a miracle almost for the first two weeks, the effect it had. Um, but I noticed even once I recovered from the eczema, um, just my moods, my energy levels, um, my performance in sport as well, just everything. Mm-hmm was much better as a result of it. And so you I fully plant based. You're you've cut out everything else? Yeah, so I started uh, first I, as well as being plant based, I also cut out gluten and soy. Okay. Um they were on the list of foods I should avoid. Um I found that incredibly difficult at first. Mm. Um I mean for the first you know, 
six months or so, I was literally just eating things like oats, um, like fruits and vegetables. It was pretty difficult to kind of um, eat three meals a day and, you know, revolve revolve your diet around that. Um, I slowly introduced things like gluten, soy. I've tried egg and dairy, but I seem to get really bad sort of stomach cramps off of that. But, I mean, the eczema is pretty much gone now as a result of it, I think. Um, but I definitely do find like crippling stomach cramps, I think, because my body's now so used to eating fully plant based. Yeah. I don't know if it just totally rejects those sort of foods, you know. Aye. And what, so what sort, what's a, what's a rough average day, you know, what sort of, what's your diet look like? I mean, I'd be pretty ashamed to say just now because I've just finished a boxing match. So, <laughs> you don't <laughs> um, have to go to that. Just my diet is usually. totally out the window now, but, uh, yeah, it depends. It depends if I've got like an event coming up. Um, Definitely just, you know, like sort of porridge, honey, salt um, and some fruit um, for breakfast. That's my kind of go-to um, lunch-wise. I do get some prep meals okay. um, off, like, there's quite a few good companies in Glasgow um, that do those, like, vegan mac and cheese, uh, katsu curries, those yeah. sort of things. Um, and then for dinner, if I'm in the house, like, I work from home Thursday, Fridays, I quite enjoy those days for just, like, cooking new things. Yeah. Um, but I also think you don't need to be like a five star chef. Sometimes I'll just get like packet noodles from the shop, yeah, and then just fry my own tofu, um, like mix in various vegetables like spring onions and stuff with that. Yeah, and you're obviously I get different you know different points if you're training for a fight or whatever you've got going on. You're gonna alter your your diet, but do you do you follow like hitting your macros? Do you do that sort of stuff? Um, I use an app called My Fitness Pal quite yeah. a lot. Um, I wouldn't say I find people a bit obsessive uh, to to put it a bit bluntly uh, that measure out you know every meal like the amount of rice they're having with like you know um, tofu or whatever they're having it with Um, I just I wouldn't have the time or patience for that but I find my fitness pal quite good for just roughly measuring out my portions Um, with regards to counting macros, yeah, you you do have to definitely take that into account, especially the vegan diet, because the good thing about a vegan diet is you're very energetic, you'll be full of vitamins, you'll be full of carbs. The protein intake can be an issue. Um, a lot of people might protest that. Otherwise, you have stuff like meat substitutes now, but yeah. even with these meat substitutes, you're probably only getting like half the amount of protein you would get in some form of red meat or fish. Um, so that that part's definitely difficult. I'd say it takes it takes attention at first, and then once you roughly know the count of things, it can become much easier. Yeah. So, how are you making sure you get enough protein? Then, what are you um, of, or what are you eating to get that protein? It it changes. I definitely I, I don't like having the same thing too often. Um, meat substitutes wise, Beyond Meat is really good. Um, Morrison's do their own range, which is really good. Um, most supermarkets, to be honest do their own range some are better than others but um it's more about reading labels and reading packets of what you're buying um because the chances are with most meat substitutes or even tofu um the the protein intake is reasonably high um but the calories in return are quite high because they've always had to put certain things in that to get the protein intake of it up yeah and what are some of your favorite dishes then some of your favorite protein eh, your favorite vegan dishes i'd say my favorite My favourite is probably homemade burgers. It's kind of a bit basic as that might seem. Uh, see, just homemade burgers, Beyond Meat burgers in particular, 
Um, and then just, you know, getting like various salads and stuff for it. I also like the air fryer for like air frying mm-hmm. kind of potato wedges. Um, I know that was a bit of a trend during lockdown and <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really get it at first, but I've recently kind of been converted to the air fryer. <laughs> that, and, that and banana bread, I think, was the, yeah. was the lockdown stuff. Yeah, banana bread was a big one. Yeah, I still, <laughs> I still don't really get that trend though. No. <laughs> and, you know, just in regards to, we know your journey and your reasons why you went plant-based, but, you know, if you were talking to anyone in the street and I, and I don't get, I don't get this vibe from you that you're one of those preachy people about plant-based type, but in your mind, what do you think the benefits of going plant-based are? Uh, yeah, so... <sighs> It, it it totally depends on the person I'd say um, I, I would uh, like you said I'm not a preachy person about it um, even like my girlfriend for example she's she's not plant based but if I'm making a plant based meal she's not exactly going to refuse it yeah. um, but I, I totally believe it depends on the person if you are very into sport going plant based can be risky at first you might find your energy levels either drop or if you do it correctly you could feel massive benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, with regards to benefits, I'd say like, you know, high carbohydrate, like I said, a lot of vitamins, but you can, the the effects of a uh, lack of protein, they can hit pretty severely. You might not feel it at first, but three, four weeks down the line, if you're mm-hmm. not getting a sufficient protein intake, you'll find yourself just really drained in sessions, etc. And are you, are you supplementing at all or do you take any supplements and part um, of your diet or again <clears throat> like at the start it was hard the start i was like right i'm gonna have to have like a protein shake for my breakfast um i need to take like certain vitamins um my protein actually I have my vegan now yeah. which is like their own like vegan version of it uh, so yeah I, I did supplement a lot even like b12 tablets and stuff yeah. like that um b12 there is a sort of scientific explanation for what it is but basically it's it's a chemical you can only really get from cows so like cows will eat grass and then somewhere in their digestion system that vitamin forms and then when you eat the cow you absorb that vitamin so um some people might correct me on that but (laughs) i'm i'm pretty sure that's what it is um and i supplemented that a lot because i found my energy levels were very low more so when i was just like sitting in the office in my other job I would just feel very fatigued about like mid-afternoon yeah. and as soon as I started taking those up and my energy levels were sort of back to normal. So yeah, supplements were quite a big thing at the start. And your, so your plant-based protein powder that you're taking right now, mm. is that my vegan or what other brands have you tried? Um, my vegan, they do a lot of good things. Their protein powder, personally, no, I'm not a big fan. Uh, I would find myself actually spending more money adding things like honey and maple syrup um, just to you know, get the flavour of it up a bit. Um, Spartan Protein is a local company based in Kudkart. They're yeah. actually the best I've tried. Okay. Um, I'm probably giving loads of people free advertisement right well, now. Well, I was just, uh, <laughs> I was, it was a leading question because yeah. I don't, I don't get any secret that we're developing our own plant-based protein powder right now. Okay. HBHM, and you know, trying not to be biased about it. The samples that we've had, yeah. comparing it to lots of other plant-based protein powders on the market, I genuinely think it's up there with the best tasting. So, oh, really? Yeah, honestly, I can't wait to get that out. And, yeah. You know, we'll make sure we get some... I've tried a few, so I'd, I'd be yeah. curious to try it. Yeah. I've maybe no, got a, a 
job I could get at some point in the future, just sampling protein <laughs> powders for people. That, yeah, well, maybe that, maybe that's something we can look at down the line for sure. Um, so, you know, obviously in the intro as well, you know, you put down about the, the environmental aspect of it as well. So when did that start becoming something that you were interested in? Um, so I think, t- to be honest, my mum and dad have been vegan probably at least four years before I was. Okay. Um, they were trying to convert me for years. Um, I was completely meat, then I was pescatarian, so I've, I've tried a few diets and I kept trying to do it with them, but I just couldn't I couldn't give it up until I was obviously forced to because of the illness I mentioned. Yeah. Um, so they would always tell me, you know, it could reduce like emissions, um, it can, you know, just all these benefits trying to persuade me to get on board with it. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, I, I sort of got it drilled into me from them just how beneficial it can be for the environment um, before doing it myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Cool. So obviously plant PT and personal trainer that we'll, we'll come on to discuss more in, uh, shortly, but let's bring it right back. Um, you know, as a, as a kid, were you sporty? You know, what, tell us a bit about your background. Um, in secondary school, I'd say primary school and secondary school, I used to be the kid that would forget his PE kit on purpose so I didn't have to take part, <laughs> Okay. Uh, in all honesty. Um, it wasn't until I was about 15 or 16, I think, um, my uncle started taking me to a boxing gym. Um, and again, if, if I'm being completely transparent, that was whenever I would go out underage drinking when I was younger, <laughs> he would take me to this boxing gym as like a punishment uh, okay. uh, once or twice a week <clears throat> uh, at the weekends. So... Um, that was actually my first introduction to it. Um, it wasn't till I was maybe slightly older towards the end of high school that I found the gym closer by where I stayed rather than him just drive me there um, so I could get the train there. And as soon as I got in and started trying like sparring, pad work, that sort of stuff, I was totally into it. But it's mad that because I was so anti-sports in high school, I know a lot of people who I've bumped into from school since yeah. then who are like, I can't believe you <laughs> went on to do that. Like you're the least sporty guy in the whole uh, the whole of the school. Yeah. <laughs> and were you were you were you unfit? Were you overweight or were you just not interested? No, I was never really I was never really overweight. Um it was more just it's just a young guy. I was more interested in playing video games and okay. you know going out underage drinking and doing yeah. that sort of thing. Like it just never really took to me and I found when you did go to when you, when you were going to like PE classes and stuff in school when I did bring my kit it always just seemed to be certain guys that were just naturally sporty yeah. and you either just were or you weren't there was no in between <laughs> you know so I think I think actually I think it's something that's changed now but I think that sort of environment can put a lot of kids off sports yeah, it's daunting. at a very it young be, age it can be really daunting I I was always you know into football and stuff like that but I, I even remember PE being quite a daunting prospect as a young kid. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it's probably something that could probably be looked at a bit more by schools. How yeah. they can make it. I think a it's also just like football culture because that's obviously very big in Scotland. But yeah. I've never really had a massive interest in football. But I remember some of those PE football games being like more competitive than a 
Champions League Cup final sometimes, <laughs> like as if it was like life or death, the consequence of the, yeah. the match. Yeah. Well, sometimes it was. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned the boxing there and, I, and that's definitely something that I wanted to, to touch on as well um, because you obviously you had a fight recently. So what's your, how's your boxing journey looked like? Um, it's been good. That was, that was the first fight in six years. So that's the first time I've competed in six years. Um, I had seven fights when I was younger, um, and that would have been my eighth. Um, I did, I did lose, unfortunately, on points. Um, but it's Shouldn't funny how. Should have brought it up now. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, there's tears coming. No, uh, no, it was a very competitive match. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, it was good to be honest. More than anything, just to shake the nerves off. Yeah. And it is mad how you can do obviously sparring that you do when you're training for the fight. Um, that's sort of like fighting but not quite you know try to take each other's heads off yeah. you can do so many rounds of sparring and you can feel as fit as anything like I was running like half marathons and stuff before it and it just felt felt like nothing by the time I was finished in my last week or two of training and then you get to the actual fight it's three 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 two minute rounds I think it was um and after round one, you're completely gassed. You're like, the nerves have overcome you. You can barely stand. And you're just like, I've trained eight weeks for this. Why is this so hard? But you de I definitely felt overcame by the nerves for the first round. Um, and then the last two, you sort of, you get the, the adrenaline kicks in and you're like, oh, I've actually, I've missed this, you know? Yeah. I suppose your first fight in six years as well, you know, it's probably good just to get it under your belt. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, all, it's mad what you can do when you're, you're 19 compared to what you can do when you're 26 <laughs> even though that's still considered pretty young yeah um but yeah no i did i felt the difference definitely and how how was the performance like six years ago as well how was that you know seven or seven fights i think you mentioned yeah yeah that that was good um i'd say yeah i, I, I mean i took it much more seriously or it, not much more seriously but i found it much easier when i was younger um I focused a lot more on speed and um, rather than strength, like I was, I was faster with punches, but when you've not got a job or you've only got a part-time job yeah. as comparison to now I'm full-time work, like, you know, like paying rent, paying like mortgages, like all these kind of adult yeah. responsibilities that you have to juggle with it. That, that was hard. Yeah. That was definitely hard, but I'd say more so now um, performance wise, because I have matured slightly as well, you you learn actually you've got you've got more attributes just from taking it more seriously yeah. and you know naturally building up strength as you mature as well yeah and have you got any more lined up yet or what's the future looking like in the boxing scene so i think possibly february um i don't want to speak too soon because my girlfriend wouldn't be too happy with that <laughs> um she she came down and she loved it but i mean i pt at the gym i train at yeah so there was some days i'd be out from like 8am to 8pm um, even like 9pm 10pm sometimes if training dragged on a bit because you're PTing all day you'll probably train in the morning, PT all day train at night and then maybe fit in another PT or something yeah. afterwards as well so you're really away for like 12 or 13 hours, we've got a dog as well so she's just picking up all the stuff around the house and yeah. walking him when I'm out so it, it wouldn't really be fair to do it too soon again but February could be kind of hopeful. Yeah. Okay Look forward to following that. What type of dog have you got? Uh, a Whippet Greyhound Cross. Oh, jeez. Um, it's a lot of exercise, isn't it? 
Well, you know, people say that he's actually he's twenty minutes a day. Okay. And then he's like a cat. He's just he just sleeps. Like <laughs> seeing the house, it's honestly it's like having a house cat. He just sleeps and but it's mad because he's like a different person when uh, he's out in the park. <laughs> uh, awesome. Nah, I, uh, dogs are, are awesome, but let's not get too wrapped into that. <laughs> I, could, I could talk about dogs all day, but I better not. Um, so what was the, you know, what, what what's your training look like when you're training for a fight, roughly? Um, it's definitely roughly twice a day, six days a week. Okay. Um, if you really take a rest day, if you need it, um, Different gyms might argue with that, depending on the gym. Some guys are like, you know, rest rest days are more essential than training days, which is a nice kind of mindset to have. Yeah. But um, it, it just depends on the gym and your coaches. Everyone has different opinions. But I like to know, I think you're that nervous for the fight when you've got a fight date that if you're just sitting in the house doing nothing, the nerves will start to kick yeah. in. I'd rather be training and knowing I've done absolutely everything because yeah. you, you kind of fast forward to that point where you're in the dressing room before about to go out and you do start thinking to yourself I've done everything I possibly could to <laughs> you know take this guy on could I yeah. have done more realistically so when it gets to that point you want to know you've done everything possible over the six weeks or eight weeks however long training for that that you've got no kind of regrets yeah. when it comes to that point you know and do you do any sort of like active recovery type stuff or do you do any particular recovery Modalities or anything? Um, I I should do a lot more. Um, I mean, stretching, yeah, I take my stretching seriously. I okay. definitely dedicate like a good kind of half hour or more to that a day when I'm doing those two sessions a week. Um, more so because I get like, you know, knee issues and stuff like that. If I didn't add in the stretching, that would possibly force me out of training. Yeah. Like from injury. Okay, cool. Just eat plenty as well, eh? I assume. Yeah, eat plenty and um, take CBD oil as well <laughs> on top of that. Uh, sleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although sleep, I'm sure, is if you're getting home at nine, ten o'clock at night and it's active up until that time, do you struggle to get to sleep? Or I mean, I, I say like <clears> some <throat> days I'll be eight to eight, but, you know, I'll always, if I'm really struggling and I can really feel my body starting to become like in bits, I'll make sure and give like my next morning off PT because some yeah. days I honestly it's mad how when you are that exhausted I don't really struggle with sleep that much I never really have uh, recently anyway touch wood but um, I can sleep for like 10 hours straight through yeah. and you just wake up and feel like a new man it yeah. is like a really good feeling when yeah. you've got that morning off to just give yourself that extra bit of sleep for yeah. recovery yeah nice one cool so let's go on to the personal training a bit then so you know what? What what type of clients are you are you training? Um, I'd say like just kind of across the board. Really, I'm not really I'm not too fussy with clients. Um, obviously, it's always nice to have your kind of dream client is someone that would, if you told them to do, you know, star jumps and backflips up and down the room, they would do it. Like <laughs> someone that really does trust you that much. Yeah. Like if you told them this this will benefit you in this way. Um, and they believe you that's your sort of dream client yeah. um, obviously not everyone is some people do find it harder and you need to that is the issue with taking on sort of all levels of fitness um, which I'm, I'm happy to do but um, it does become challenging because you might have someone in who's like Mr Universe um, and then the, the person that's in straight after them an hour later might be a complete like opposite end of yeah. their kind of fitness journey 
Um, so that that's the hard part is sort of going full throttle with someone and then you might have someone the total opposite you just totally need to tone it down yeah. straight after that. And is it, do people come to you for weight loss, building strength or is there a real sort of combination? Um, again, just, just across the board and that that's what I enjoy about it. Um, it is, again, it's challenging, but some people come for weight loss, some people come with really specific goals like I want musclier thighs or you know those, those sort of those sort of requests um and that that can sometimes be challenging when you have to explain to someone you can't just train legs five <laughs> times a week you actually have to that's not really good for you yeah um but yeah you, you do get all sorts of goals and then some sometimes it's quite good as well when you get to use what you're good at in terms of boxing like some people just want to come and um either just take up boxing for fitness or maybe they are looking to like fight or something again yeah. and they want someone who can kind of coach them through that yeah um, but yeah cool and is it all are you doing it all in person or do you do any sort of remote PTN or online PTN like that um, so online PT um, it's, it's kind of an odd one for me um, I've started with two people only in maybe the past two weeks i wouldn't even say it's fully going yet i'm sort of like going through planning out a training plan a food plan with them um and seeing what they think of it um one one woman's vegan actually which is quite nice for me because obviously i said i cater to all plans but yeah. it's much simpler for me to cater to someone who i can literally give them my own recipes and tell them i've made this and it tasted really good rather yeah. and just sort of guessing based on what i used to eat when i did eat meat um so yeah on online clients is it's still a new thing to me i did actually study um sort of like nutrition and online coaching when i was going through the company i studied with to get my pt qualification so um i know the background of it but putting into practice i'm still getting used to and it's also when you have someone in like week in week out with you that you're dealing with face to face it's very easy to retain that person and you you sort of make friends through it whereas when it's just someone on the other side of a screen yeah. um they sort of have no loyalty to you to an extent they could just be like i don't really see the value in this yeah. and i'm going to go try something else so i think there's a lot more pressure to um impress and that if that makes sense yeah so you're so it's very much as well as the, the personal training, you are giving them nutrition guidance as well. Do you give them proper plans or um, just general guidelines or how, how so does that work? I personally, some PTs are really good at it. I find it quite patronising to literally tell someone what to eat for their lunch, their breakfast and their dinner. Yeah. I'm just like, I'll give you a kind of food bank of ideas yeah. um, and how roughly how many calories and how much protein carbs you want to hit per day. Yeah. And then, you know, with those ideas I've given you, by all means, keep a food diary, check in with me every week, but I'm not going to tell you what to eat for breakfast, yeah. lunch, and like two slices of toast and a tin <laughs> of beans. Like I just, um, but some PTs, that's their thing. Um, but I just personally, I think, you know, I don't want to patronise you, you know, yeah. what what's healthy and what's not to an extent. Yeah, cool. And on to your like classes and stuff, you said you take classes. So what what type of classes are you taking at your, your gyms? Uh, so that's just uh, boxing classes at 136 Fitness, which is really nice because it's literally two streets away from my flat. So <laughs> um, the classes are quite early, but I mean, you just roll out of bed and yeah. it's two streets away. Um, but they're, they, 
it depends. Usually it's technique based, but sometimes it's quite easy to judge the crowds because it is quite a small studio with six people max. Okay. Um, so, you know, if you can see, um, if you can judge, it's kind of a crowd that are after more like a circuits class. You can implement that and add in like circuit based stuff okay. in between. Yeah. Sometimes you get people who will actually want to come and just practice technique wise stuff. So you would sort of slow it down a wee bit um, because it's a big thing when it comes to boxing technique. It's it's all good and well teaching the technique of it, but if someone's just like you know hammering a jab cross hook for three minutes straight, the chances are by the last minute they're going to be like swinging from the heavens and just yeah. completely out of breath. So you'd rather <laughs> slow it down a wee bit and break down the technique side of it. Uh, I I actually love I love watching boxing. I've never participated, uh, yeah. so I can't say I know anything about you know what it feels like to do it, but. I do genuinely feel boxers must be like one of the fittest sports people out there. Yeah. When you get to the real high end, they must be, boxers and tennis players, I, I always look at and think, they must be all around fitness up there with the best. Yeah, I think, well, definitely like the the sort of fights I do, I mean, it's manageable because it is only short rounds. It's three rounds. Yeah. But I mean, these guys that are professional doing 12, three minute rounds, that's, that's just like... I, I, I honestly I, I can't put into words how much I can't even imagine yeah. um, getting to even like six three minute rounds yeah. um, but I've I, I know a couple of pro guys and even like my coach I've, I've spoken to him about it and I've been like how do you think these guys do it and he's just like Man, these guys will just be like you know their training camp compared to ours they'll be like crying and yeah. you know training three times a day seven days a week they won't take rest days and yeah. stuff and I suppose they're away from they're go out, they go away from you know life you know typically and yeah. you know, they don't have other jobs to think about as well and all that sort I of stuff I suppose if so. it's your full time thing yeah but I, I know like some of the guys from watching like documentaries and stuff um, they go to a place called Big Bear Camp oh, which yeah, is yeah. up in like the mountains so it's really high altitude so the air's really thin yeah and apparently the the weirdest thing is when you walk into this gym at Big Bear Camp, you can barely breathe just walking in yeah. because the air is so thin. And then they're like, right now we're going to train. Yeah. And, you know, it's just it's madness. Yeah, it's, it's, big in, it's big in running as well. You know, the, the elites go into altitude camps and stuff like that. And yeah. it's, it's definitely something I want to do at some point. You know, just go and do a training camp up at altitude. Um, I would love to do it. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully one day we can get myself up there and yeah uh, it would be an experience camp. definitely one i'd probably mentally prepare for a bit first <laughs> <laughs> i think so yeah i'll get i'll get a shock on day one uh, first first run easier on altitude might be a struggle um so just, let's talk a bit about your own fitness journey then you know obviously there's the boxing but you know before we started we spoke about you know you've walked west highland way and all these types of things so what generally how's your fitness journey looked like over the years um i mean when i first got injured from boxing uh, that was the reason i stopped um after that kind of seven fight point um i, I got a knee injury so um i mean i took a, a long layoff but then in between that i would come back to boxing a wee bit i took up a lot of running um running something that I think quite therapeutic, especially at like night or particularly if it's raining, as kind of odd as that sounds, see if it's raining, I find it really therapeutic to just go out a really long run. Um, the West Highland Way, yeah, that was three, four years ago now. Um, me and a, a bunch of the guys, I used to work at McSorley's on Jamaica Street, a pub 
uh, down there and me and a bunch of the guys from there, the staff, um, walked out for Alzheimer's Scotland. Okay. Um, but I think I briefly mentioned to you beforehand, um, we one guy organised all for us, so we just sort of trusted him with everything and he told the charity we would do it in five days and we realised by day three we were like this this is tough <laughs> we've we've massively overestimated ourselves here um but yeah i'd say i've always just been quite into fitness um there was one brief spell that i got really into weights okay. um when when I, I literally i couldn't really do any boxing because my knee um i i still couldn't really do leg stuff but i got quite into weight stuff so i've i've kind of drifted in and out of like a few things yeah and have you ever, like, running-wise, have you ever done any races or anything like that? Or is it more just for your own sort uh, of benefit? I did the Great Scottish Run. I think that's what it's called, the yeah. one that starts at George Square. Uh, I did the half marathon two two years ago. I think roughly two or three years ago. Um, yeah, I've, I've competed a few times and done, like, wee 10Ks here and there. Um, the park run at Paul Park is quite nice as well okay. on a Saturday morning. That's nice. Yeah. I've, never done, I've never done that one yet, but... Parkrun, I think they do it all over the oh, UK. I've done, yeah, I've done Parkrun, just never um, Pollock Park one. So is that a good yeah. one to do? Yeah, it's a nice route because they did one at Queen's Park um, and it's mad it's the same distance. Like It's just a 5K, but it, it feels like hell in comparison uh, just because there's so many hills and it's all just <laughs> I'm like... I'm getting clapped. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine, I was trying to hide it. <laughs> No, it's fine. I'll, I can leave it in. I'm, I'm just, leave it in. It's fine. I'm getting cramped. It kind of fitted to the conversation know, topic, honest, didn't it? Honestly, I just felt it coming. I was going to try and uh, hide it. So, um, nah, we, we can just we can just carry on. I think that adds to it. But yeah, I did a session. I did a session this morning, um, eight by half a mile. Oh, really? So like eight, you know. I think it was nine miles in total, but eight, you know, half mile intervals. Yeah. Um. So it was pretty tough session you know so that's like you do a half mile as fast as you can yeah yeah, Yeah. basically just as fast as i can and i think i've pretty much sat down the whole day since then and uh, there there we go so uh, (laughs) listeners don't sit down all day after doing an early uh, session so yeah there we go and (laughs) you know the on to you know we spoke about the start your you know cbd experience that's how we originally connected Mm. um because you were you were recommended hbhm so yeah how cbd oil helped you uh i'd say usually again like i sort of mentioned with the sleep side of it that definitely helped um, my knee so road running was a big issue for me when I first decided to take the fight that's how I rely on lo- losing a lot of the weight primarily um, with um, the issues I've, I've mentioned with my knee um, I injured that a few years ago now whenever I run any kind of long distance um, I notice my knee just swells up like a balloon on the West Highland Way actually as well that happened um, it seems to be any sort of impact over a long period of time. Um, it just swells up massively. A lot of fluids builds up in it. Um, as soon as I started taking, I tried other CBDs previously, just like Holland and Barrett's own brand yeah. and stuff. And I did, I did follow directions on it and I found small effects, but nothing massive. And then I did try the HBHM. Um, I did set off with a maximum dose straight away because I thought, I hope hopefully this saves me. And... I, I was, to be honest, doubtful at first because it's so well marketed from various companies now 
and you know you get ones that do like bams and like or rub it on your injuries and you know take it and it'll help you sleep better and you know it'll it'll help muscle recovery and you're just like this sounds a bit too good yeah. to be true um but i just went straight in with the maximum dose i would have that with peppermint tea at night and it was honestly like a miracle like my <laughs> knee started going down I was running more, yeah. um, even though I probably should have taken a small rest. I was running more to see if it would flare up again, and it wasn't. Um, my sleeps were incredible. Even if I had like a short six-hour sleep, because that's all I could fit yeah. in, I would still wake up feeling like, wow, I literally didn't, I didn't peep for yeah. that whole six hours. So I was, I was very impressed. Yeah, with it. it'll be, and it, and it will be. You know, the even if you get a shorter sleep. The, the the time spent in the quality stages of sleep will have been improved so yeah. that's why you'd have still been waking up feeling feeling good but yeah. it's the peppermint tea and CBD oil I must say is unbelievable like yeah. it just it just works so well taking that in the evening it just it gives you such a good sleep yeah I'd say it's it's been quite frustrating for me personally because I've tried to persuade my girlfriend and mom and dad to take it because they'd asked me to buy them a bottle yeah but they're like oh it's not working and you know and i'm like but are you taking it every day yeah, yeah. and they're like oh no i'll try it for a couple of days and then i'll <laughs> stop taking it so that that's been the only frustrating part for me is sort of try to you know share the benefits yeah. of it with them but trying to explain like you have to try it yeah. every day at the same time roughly yeah i um, think that i think that's one of the and then we've spoken about it before on socials and you know probably need to continue doing so i think people when they first take it they expect to feel something, you know, they, yeah. they, they expect to feel something. So when they don't, they think, oh, it's not working for me. But as you say, you know, be consistent, experiment with dosage, yeah. um, you know, try it every day for, you know, a period of time and it, it ultimately will, it will work. So mm. tell them, tell them to listen to this podcast and it might change their minds. Yeah, no, don't, oh, don't worry, <laughs> I, will. I will, I'll be plugging myself. <laughs> and so you mentioned obviously the peppermint tea and uh, CBD, so are you doing it, are you taking it any other way yet or have you tried any other things? Um, it sort of <clears> depends, <throat> like, I mean, it generally just, if I'm having, if I'm having like a stressful day or whatever, um, like if I've got a lot of clients back to back, and then I've maybe got training morning and night. Um, I definitely just feel more laid back about stuff. I'd usually be like, oh God, like I've got this person straight after this person. And what if he's late or he's slightly early? Yeah. I used to get really stressed about really small uh, things. And now I just sort of like, yeah, it'll, it'll yeah. happen if something goes wrong, it does. Like, yeah. it, it's funny. Um, but I'd, yeah, I used to take it more so for sleep. Now that my sleep's totally fine. I'll have it with my coffee in the morning. Yeah. Um, but even that in itself feels a bit weird because I do sort of associate <laughs> it with sleep now. Yeah, yeah. And having it first thing in the morning, my coffee's a bit weird, but I do like the cherry one with coffee. Cherry with coffee. I was going to say, what flavour are you having with coffee? Cherry with coffee is amazing. Yeah, I'd say peach with peppermint is like my go-to and then cherry with coffee in the morning is quite nice. Ah, okay. I don't think I've done peach with peppermint yet. It's always natural I've done with peppermint, so... Oh, really? I need to give that a try. Yeah, peach with peppermint is quite nice. Okay. Or chamomile, chamomile tea yeah. with peach is quite nice, yeah. Okay. Nah, well, I'll get onto that. Don't you worry. Um, so, on to I always like when we've got people like yourself on, you know, personal trainers or you know, specialising in some sort of fitness. I always like to ask, you know, the the absolute fundamental things you would recommend to anyone. So even if they weren't a client, but they were wanting to just feel a bit fitter, be a bit stronger, you know, what are some of the basic things you would recommend to them to do? I mean, I recommend. Even if someone doesn't have, like, if they've not got any particular gym goal 
like even me personally, physique wise, I don't. I honestly can say I don't really care. Um, as long as I'm fit enough to compete in whatever I want to, I could I could look like I I hit the pub three times a week. Like yeah. I don't really care about physique wise. Um, but generally, to people for joint health, longevity as well. Um, so like. Uh, squats and deadlifts okay. those sort of weighted exercises uh, things like plank yeah. um, e- even you know like running to a certain extent that that could also arguably be the opposite because it can sort of damage your joints long term um, but even like hill sprints those sort of things yeah. um, but yes squats and deadlifts I'd, I'd say to like anyone um, having sort of joint issues or they, they want longevity in terms of like preventing perhaps like things like arthritis and stuff when you are older um just for your general circulation um your joints as well in general like your knees your shoulders um you get stuff called synovial fluid okay um i don't i don't know if you'll know about that already um but you get stuff called synovial fluid in your joints so as soon as you put any sort of overloaded weight on that um whether it be your your shoulder joint um or your your knees um the synovial fluid is sort of released so that's um, essentially like oil in a machine um, without that you will find you sort of get tight um, I always recommend if, if I've got clients who do a lot of cardio, a lot of running yeah. and they're like oh I get really sore knees or um, sore ankles, I'm like you're probably not doing enough squats or deadlifts yeah, okay. you need to have some sort of weight bearing exercise to balance that out um, and strengthen the joints yeah. like around that area Okay, well, I well I am getting better at that. I've spoke about it on this podcast before. Uh-huh. Um, my strength training need, leaves a lot to be desired, but it's getting better. Yeah. Um. Just yeah, deadlifts, squatting, uh, stuff like that. So yeah, I'm gradually getting better. Yeah. Um. What even about for, just yeah. small doses? I think it's good. Yeah. It's like even once a week helps balance it out. Yeah. And what about core then? Because I know core is so beneficial for everything. Is it generally planks and stuff like that you would say is good to do for that? Yeah, I'd say <coughs> planks. Um, I'd I'd say whatever core exercise you're doing, I see a lot of guys, even like pro boxers and stuff that I follow on social media, like, oh, I did 4,000 sit-ups this week. And I'm like, why do you just find something slightly harder to do and do less reps of it? Yeah. Rather than, like, I, I just don't, you know... If that if that makes sense, I would rather find something that's a bit harder and I can do less reps of, like um, like ab wheel, uh, like oh, yeah. you know when you get the yeah. rollout, uh, plank, um, leg raises are quite good as well if you do them correctly. Like make th- make make whatever ab exercise you're doing as hard as possible because ideally I would much rather do like four sets of ten of something than. Four thousand setups. Spend all morning. Spend spend two hours a morning doing four thousand odd setups. You know, (laughs) and uh, mobility wise as well. So again, is that what what would you be recommending for mobility? Would that still be squatting Um, and deadlifts and stuff? Or yeah, I'd say I'd say mobility. um, Again, yes, I'd I'd say just squats are my go-to. But um, for particularly for hip and knee mobility, even people. who want to try like squatting PBs with me constantly, sometimes I'll actually go, no, today we're actually going to, you know, put your ankles on a slight incline yeah. um, and try and get, we'll focus on squat depth more, okay. um, you know, to target and get, get more depth in your squat. So it might target the joints you might have not used as much before, just adding on as much weight as possible isn't always the kind of the, the best or most yeah. beneficial, I think, as well. Sometimes I feel really good even just, you know, doing stuff without any weight at all. Just yeah. to feel that, 
you know, mobility and just, or just feel that stretch. And mm. uh, I think it just, it just makes me feel better without even any weight. Yeah. I do sometimes have weight, but you yeah, know. Yeah. Oh, it's um, just the circulation yeah, exactly. as well that you wouldn't, you wouldn't get in those areas yeah. usually. Yeah. Um, just doing unnatural movements is healthy Yeah, because it's, it's stuff you might not do every day doing that once a week, you yeah. know, it's created a new good habit. Yeah. Um, so you, you've obviously, you, you, you mentioned, you know, obviously you, you take boxing classes, you do personal training. Is any of your clients involved in any other sports or do you like help anyone else, you know, with some sort of sport or um, just, is it just all stuff to impact their, if they're doing something else? I'm actually having to think about that one. <laughs> um, I mean, there's def- there's a few runners who have came to me um, who I think a couple actually sort of know through just like running stuff. Um, but yeah, a, f- a few runners have came to me and said they kind of want to, they perhaps want to tone up a bit more because obviously, I mean, I'm sure you know as well as I do, like running's really good um, for like mental health. I find it quite therapeutic, but there's only so much running you can do because you are just sort of, burning calories that then as soon as you start eating you're just going to take those calories back in so you know if someone really wants an incredible physique or wants to look like mr universe you could run like a 10k every day you're not going to look yeah um you're not going to look that way so some some runners definitely come to me um saying they maybe want to tone up their upper body slightly more or even their leg areas um there's a couple of guys that come to me who do like sort of like like skating, like rollerblading, that sort ah, of stuff. Okay, cool. Um, I've actually quite enjoyed adding plyometrics. Yeah. Um, into uh, one of their sort of workout programs. Um, I had a plyometrics coach in the gym who sort of took me through, um, how all that stuff works and you know how to apply certain movements as well. Yeah. So that was quite useful. Yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. I was uh, I was hoping something like that. That's you know because then it just probably as a PT it makes you have to maybe think slightly differently yeah um, so for you it's you know good as well because it kind of gets you working with different types of people yeah and I think it's it's always good to like you know even in like 10 years time I'm happy to know that I'll never know everything uh, yeah. with regards to fitness and you know nutrition and um, there's there's stuff I'm completely baffled by still but I'm, that excites me because you know there's always stuff to be learning Exactly. I think, you know, lifelong learning is, is what it's all about. I think if you're not, if you're not learning, something's going seriously wrong. So yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a definitely a good attitude to have. Mm. Um, so you mentioned running being therapeutic, you know, can help your mental health. Do you do anything else, you know, to help mental health? You know, I know on this podcast, we've spoken about things like meditation, breath work, journaling, you know, various different things. It's not for everyone, but are you doing anything like that to help? Um this is really lazy of me because my mum is a, technically a qualified yoga teacher and okay. she does meditation as part of that as well um, and I can see the benefits of it because I've done it with her a few times but again it's just like even though it's only 10 minutes of your day and I can see the benefits of it it's never something I've really stuck to Yeah. Um, I did used to go to a class uh, on Sucky Hall Street there's like a Buddhist centre Okay. Um, I know it used to be called the Buddhist Centre. I don't know if it's something else yeah. now, just sort of to be like more open to everyone. Um, but I used to go to a class there every Thursday. Pardon me. Uh, I used to go there every Thursday to a class there, and you would come out feeling like you know incredible, like yeah. your serotonin levels just <laughs> totally peaking. But um, I can see the benefits of it, basically. In answer to you, yeah, I can see the benefits of it, but I've not really stuck to it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's definitely something you need to. It has to be a habit, you know. Yeah. It's, otherwise, it just it's so difficult to uh, make it help you. So yeah, it's maybe something you'll make a habit at some point. Yeah, um, definitely. So before we go into you know some of the roundup questions that I like to ask every guest, um, you know what you don't have to go into prices and things like that. But if there was any listener, you know listening today that wants to know more you know what does your service look like is it you know monthly payment is it per set you know how does all that look for you uh, so I, I probably slightly underpriced myself in regards to other PTs um, but I just think in your first year you can't really be too um, you know assumptuous, assumptuous about yourself yeah. uh, with how much you're worth so I, I, I keep it quite low but um, I do blocks of four um, for my clients um, you can use it once you've bought a block you can use it whenever you want you know you could do like one session a month if you wanted those yeah. three sessions will still be there for you after it um, and then I just do pay you go for just like basic rates like £25 an hour Yeah, okay. Um, I know some guys that to be fair can justify it but they're charging like 40 to £50 an hour um, but that's obviously if you're one of those PTs that would rather have like you know, your three or four main clients and that's the only people you see and yeah. you give them your full attention. I can definitely see the value in it if you were that sort of PT. Yeah. But I'm just sort of like, I'll, um, I'll just sort of take on anyone. Yeah. I'm quite happy to at this stage, just get the experience. As long as they've got a goal that you can sort of clearly work with them on. Yeah, yeah. As long as, as long as they've got something in their head and, you know, to be fair, sometimes you, the, the difficult part is you might get people who, want to see the value of what they're paying for immediately and you sort of have to break the bad news to them that you know building up strength can take yeah. months even years if that is their goal yeah. um, or weight loss can take like you know even one to two months or, or longer yeah um so that that sometimes is like a, a tough part of like breaking bad news to people yeah. <laughs> nothing happens overnight but you know so often people just want it you know straight away yeah yeah um, doesn't yeah. quite work that way but yeah they'll, they'll be like oh I've, I've paid this money <clears> and I've, I've not really seen this much difference and you're like well, you know it does take a bit of perseverance unfortunately yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Okay, so I just wanted to go on to the roundup questions now then. So these are, you know, I ask every guest these and it's um, your top tip in three specific areas. So your top tip for improving performance and that can be in fitness, in boxing, in life in general, mm-hmm. improving performance. Top tip for improving recovery and then your top tip for improving sleep. So firstly, what's your, your top tip for improving performance? Um performance i'd say vary up your training as much as possible Uh, like if you're a runner don't just you know run the same distance every single day like add intervals add uphill um i'd do like a 5k one day do a 10k the next day yeah Uh, vary up your your training as much as you can if you're a weightlifter don't just go and try and smash pbs at the park every single day um like you know i I hit 100 kg yesterday i'm going to do 110 (laughs) today you know, do like high rep days, um, add in stuff like plyometrics, you know, always, always be looking to see what's trending training wise. Yeah. Like as I, as I mentioned with plyometrics, I saw that online and thought, oh, maybe this is just a trend. I'll wait and see if it, if it comes of anything. But now you see all sorts of athletes doing yeah. like football players and boxers. Um, so I think always be looking to see sort of what's, what's trending and why. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, a great, great tip. And uh, what about for recovery then? What's your, your top tip for improving recovery? Uh, recovery, 
I just say, yeah, stretches, you know, be be aware of what you're doing. So like if you're doing a lot of weights or high intensity, you're going to be using a lot of like glycogen stores in your muscles. So that's obviously like carbs and water mainly. So a lot of people do that sort of old fashioned thing of, oh, I've just smashed the workout. I'm going to glug a protein shake down, which is still, is still definitely valid. Like you, you need protein to repair, but just as much so you've just depleted all the glycogen like carbs and water in your body, you're going to need to drink a lot of water and replenish those carbs if you're yeah. hoping to perform again in like a day or two. Yeah. Otherwise, chances are when you come in the next day, you're going to be completely, you know, drained from this the massive session you've just done. So yeah. I'd say just be aware of what you're doing. Apply your diet to your training and, you know, um, stretch, sleep yeah. as well. Awesome sleep and the reason that's last because sleep's often mentioned so what's your top tip for improving sleep then uh have your ritual and stick to it i mean you definitely won't catch me i used to be really bad for it i think i'm quite lucky now that me and my girlfriend like she she has she's had issues with sleep so she's always wants to get to bed early make sure we're settled um we're we're not those types of couples that will you know, sit in front of the TV, just kind of waiting to get drowsy. We're like, yeah. no, right, it's half ten. We'll go to bed and sort of start to wind down. So I think have a ritual that works for you. Um, some people like, like you know, ASMR videos and sort of online meditation. Like yeah. th- those are definitely good, but um, to an extent, don't just sit watching an ASMR video on your phone. Like assuming you're just gonna immediately fall asleep because you are still staring. At yeah, screen. Start screen, the, blue light, the blue light and everything as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I just say have a ritual, stick to it. My, personally, me as I've said, like um, the CBD oil with like peppermint or chamomile tea yeah. is really nice just before, like an hour before bed. Yeah. Cool. Nice one. All right. And then before we finish, where can people find you or follow you? Uh, the Plant PT on. Instagram, Facebook, I am a complete pensioner when it comes to Twitter. I've no idea how to use it. I don't even understand like when people show me posts on it. But yeah, Instagram and Facebook, the Plant PT. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks very much for coming on. It's been great to have you on the HBHM podcast and I wish you all the very best. Yeah, no worries. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers, Joe. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of the HBHM podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that you can get 15% off at checkout on hbhm.com by putting in the code HBHMPOD. Please share the latest podcast on socials at Instagram. We are at HBHM official and we look forward to speaking to you next time.